Well, Happy New Year. Happy New Year. It's exciting to see all of you here today on this first Sunday of 2020. Who would have thought, right? We're living in the future. Isn't that exciting? You and I, we're like astronauts, right? What's next? What does God have next for us? Have you thought at all about that these last couple of days as we turned another year? What it is that maybe God wants to do in your heart, in your life? Uh, if you're a guest this morning, thanks again for being here. Maybe you're here because you joined us for one of our Christmas services or you were here last week for our remembrance service. Uh, we're just so glad to have you back. And if you're thinking about uh, whether this would be a place that you would call home, I just encourage you to keep coming uh, week after week. And if there's anything that we can do for you, please let us know. Uh, as well as all of you that are joining us online, we're so glad to have you here. Or maybe you're going to catch the message during the week. Um, we're just honored that you're following along with what we're doing here at Shepherd's Gate. I mean, it is. It's a new year, and there's always a new beginning, right? It's kind of that time of the year when we hit the reset button, and for uh, so many people, they, they set out to have new goals, new objectives. Uh, some of you, you already have new adventures planned, right? You probably have vacations. Everybody have vacations planned already for 2020? No. Okay. <laughs> If you were here last week, you learned a little bit more about me that I like to plan out my entire year uh, in advance and, you know, have everything structured. And luckily, my wife comes along on that ride with me. Uh, but also, the reality is, is that we don't really know all of the challenges that lie ahead. And so even though we can say goodbye to 2019 and hello to 2020, we know that there's going to be surprises along the way. We know that there's going to be, there's going to be just circumstances that come into our lives that we're going to have to navigate, that we're going to have to deal with. And uh, there's, a, there's a blogger who happens to be a pastor that I follow uh, pretty closely. He's a Canadian pastor, actually. And uh, as Tricia was talking about the difference between 1990 and you know, 2050, he said in the last 50 years, the culture in Canada and in the U.S. has really been a do-it-yourself culture. Right, so we're kind of you know, conditioned to have to do things on our own. And you can think about how much of reality, reality TV has played into this and how many shows have spun off of teaching you how to do things on your own or going on YouTube. And you don't need to have a mechanic do it. You can just YouTube it and you can fix your own car. Or you can go on YouTube and you can fix your own kitchen and all of these things. I mean, you are in charge of yourself. Isn't that really cool? And he says for the next... For the next years that are coming up, he said the shift that's taking place in our culture is to a DIFM culture, which is a do-it-for-me culture. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? We're kind of sick of doing it on our own. We want people to do it for us. Anybody, you want people to do things for you? <laughs> wow. And this is what he means by it. This is his cult quote. He said, in a culture where most people feel overwhelmed, overcommitted, and overworked, People are willing to pay money, our hard-earned money, for anything that shaves off minutes or does the thinking for you. And I thought about that, and I thought about shave off minutes. That's true because think about in our society, our culture, how many people don't mow their own grass anymore, right? They have a lawn service to it or don't even shovel their own snow. They have a company come and do that. Or at my house, we don't go to the grocery store anymore. People actually come and they bring our groceries and they leave them on our doorstep. It's incredible. In fact, just this last Christmas, because, you know, my wife's working more and I'm working more and, you know, trying to keep up with everything, um, this car pulled into the driveway and wouldn't you know, a member from our church popped out of the car and she goes, Pastor Tim, this is where you live. And I said, surprise. <laughs> 
thought, how cool is this, right? You want people to do things for us just to shave off minutes. But then it was the second part that I just kind of stopped on. It was really just perplexing to me because it says, or does the thinking for you? And have we shipped into a culture? Have we shipped into a time in history where we don't even want to think anymore? We want people to think for us. And we want information and we want it now and we want it quickly. But we really don't want to put the time and energy into doing things. And for example, right, like so often now even spelling of words isn't a big deal. And who cares how you spell words because Siri or Google or Word or Pages or whatever it is will just fix the words for you. Or grammar, who needs good grammar anymore? We all know that when you text message, you can spell things however you want as long as it makes sense to the person that receives it. And of course, the person who receives it never ever gets offended by what you text them, right? <laughs> Think of this culture that we've kind of moved into. And I was thinking, well, what is it that is actually the best thing for us? What is actually, what is the life that, that we are called to live that's actually best for us? And if you think throughout the generations and, and as we turn, yes, another year and as we turn, yes, another decade, you have all these different forms of communication that have been used. And some of you, you might still read the, the newspaper or the television is your main source of information. If you remember that period of time when self-help books became really popular, you remember that? And then all of a sudden that spawned off TV shows and, and self-help shows, and it was all about making you a better person. And then all of a sudden, just in the last, think about this, a uh, few years, social media took off, and now just what that's become, and of course, if somebody posts something on social media, it must be true. We know that's the source of information now in our society. And yet research is now catching up that social media maybe isn't as good for us as we once thought it was. And this idea to bring us together is actually dividing us. And it's actually causing more pain and heartache than they ever hoped or imagined when they started it. And now even as this new generation is emerging, as we continue to move into the future, TED Talks, remember that period of time when they became really popular and they're actually still popular today and it was all about short clips that you can go on and you can listen or you can watch and they're three minute clip, five minute clips, no more than like a seven minute clip to download information into you to help you become a better person on this planet. And what's really weird is now it's starting to shift over to this idea of podcast where now even the younger generations are listening to things for longer periods of time. And so whether it's the commute in the car, whether it's at home, like podcasts are becoming the new voice for the next generation. And what are the podcasts that people are listening to? What is it that they're hearing? What is it that's impacting their lives? And all of this, all of this kind of revolves around our ability to be able to have access at our fingertips. I mean, just look at your fingertips, how powerful they are in fact, if you have a smartphone, which most of you in here, you do, the average person touches their smartphone 2,617 times a day. If you're next to one of those persons, right, lovingly and gently, just go ahead and give them a little tab, right? <laughs> if you were next to me, you would be doing this because I'm on my phone a lot. Heavy users touch their smartphones 5,427 times a day. It's no wonder that more of us, our thumbs haven't fallen off, right? From just scroll, 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 like, scroll, scroll, heart, scroll, scroll. <laughs> We're so connected. And then for us as a church, for us as church workers, for us 
you know, responsible for the spiritual well-being of, of a church and a community, we ask ourselves, well, how does our faith life come into play in a do-it-for-me culture? How does our faith life intersect with all of this? What is it that we have to do as a church to pivot, to change, to, you know, figure out these new forms of communication? Or maybe that's not the point. Maybe the point is that we just go back to the basics, we go back to the beginning, which is the title of today's message. We go back to the foundation of what God has given us. In fact, Colossians 3 puts it this way. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. That God wants his word, the Bible. It's made up of these 66 books. Some of them are letters written by 40 different authors over 1,500 years, that God wants his word to not just dwell in you, for you not just to hear it, not just to dwell in you, but he wants it to dwell in you richly. That maybe this is the secret to a fulfilled life. And not only does he want it to dwell in you, he wants it to be part of teaching and admonishing or teaching and encouraging each other. That the more of God's word that we have in our heart, the more time that we spend with God and allowing God to speak to us, and yes, God speaks to us through his word, that think about this, it's for our benefit. That actually makes us a better person, and it's actually for the benefit of those around us. See, Jesus put it this way in Matthew. He said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. But yet so many people are able to live outside of hearing God's word and receiving God's word. And so are they receiving physical nourishment, right? Food to sustain their physical body, yet starving spiritually. And you know there's people in our church that maybe have walked away or maybe have been gone from church or maybe been disconnected from God. Maybe it was a circumstance that came in your life. Maybe it was a hardship. Maybe it was a loss. Maybe whatever the situation may be. And you know there's something within you that's stirring. There's a hunger for more. There's something that's missing in your heart and your life. And this happens to me all the time. This happens to me throughout the year. There's just times when I, when I start allowing myself to get involved in other things and other activities that take over my life and I realize that I'm starving myself spiritually. Jesus said, you can't live by bread alone. We need God's word in our hearts and our lives. In fact, God told us this way in 2 Timothy. He said, all scripture is breathed out by God and it's profitable this is for your good. This is for your benefit, for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, which I know is a big churchy word, and we're going to look at that word in a few weeks, that the man of God may be complete. Hey, is that the secret to fulfillment in life? Is that, is that how it is right there? If we want to be complete, it starts with the word of God and what God has for us. And not only are we complete, it actually equips us for the good work that he's called us to do that he equips us in our homes. He equips us to be spouses. He equips us to be friends. He equips us to be parents and grandparents. He equips us to be coworkers. He equips us to be neighbors. But again, it all starts with the word of God to going back to the beginning of what he has for us. Now, again, if you're new to Shepherd's Gate, we're so glad to have you here. Those of you that have maybe been around for the last couple of years, you know one of the things that we enjoy doing here is actually taking a book of the Bible 
or a letter in the Bible and going through it systematically, going through it and saying, God, what is it that you would have for us and how would you speak to us through your word? And so I'm excited. I'm really excited about this. The, the team, we've been working on this for months. We're excited to let you know today, you ready for this? That we today are going to start going through the book of Romans. Romans. Now, any of you in here Roman experts? Anybody have, 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 have the angle on this book? Do you know anything about the book of Romans? This is what Romans, these are some of the questions that Romans actually answers. It's this, what is God like? Again, maybe you're new to Christianity and, and you're not sure, you know, who, who God is or who this Jesus is. Maybe you know a little bit about it, but the book of Romans will actually tell you who God is. But why are there all these different religions in the world? Let's be honest, that's what oftentimes is the conflict that we see even through all the different countries. Why is there so much evil in our world? Why is there so much evil in me? Why do I keep screwing up? Why can't I ever seem to get this right? Why is there so much sin in my heart and my life? How about this? Where can we find real peace and hope? Where? Where? What is genuine love? See, love can be such an easy virtue to transfer to other people. Hey, you should love other people and you, know, you should be kind to other people, but maybe there's a little bit more to this whole concept of love. And wouldn't you know the book of Romans actually has the answer to that? Or how about this one? For those of you that follow Jesus, why is living the Christian life such a struggle? Why is it such a struggle? And again, will 2020 be different than 2019? Could 2020 be the year that you draw closer to God than you've ever drawn to him before? Could 2020 be the year where you just sense his purpose and his presence and his peace and his calling upon your life? Imagine that. Imagine if this is the year that God pours out so much blessings into your life that it's hard for you to even be able to contain it. So there's a guy named Martin Luther. He's kind of a big influence in the church. He was a church reformer in the 1500s. In fact, this church, Shepherd's Gate, uh, follows the teachings of Martin Luther all the way back from the 1500s really closely. And this is what he said about the book of Romans. You ready for this? He said, this epistle, which is also another a way of saying letter, this letter is really the chief part of the New Testament and is truly the purest gospel it is worthy not only that every Christian should know it word for word by heart. Doesn't that sound like an awesome challenge? <laughs> we have memory work every week for you, right? Let's just memorize 16 chapters together. It would be incredible. But also that he should occupy himself with it every day, not just on Sunday, every day as the daily bread for the soul. See, the book of Romans is, is written by Paul and often is referred to as Paul's gospel. You have Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and, and here is Paul, and he writes this letter to the church in Rome, and many of his letters he wrote to churches that he actually planted, and Rome is one of the churches that he actually didn't plant, and what's kind of interesting is you look at the writings of Paul in the New Testament, what you find out is that the 13 other letters that he wrote averaged around 1,300 words, yet to the church in Rome that he didn't plant, somehow he had the courage and the strength and the power of the Holy Spirit that had him write 7,100 words. 
This is a huge book, and it often is referred to as kind of the masterpiece of the New Testament. If you really want to know the nature of God, if you really want to dig in deep to what God uh, has for you and for me, you go to the book of Romans, and you read through it. And so we said, knowing all of this, knowing, knowing, knowing how important this, this book is, knowing just the significance that it's had really on church history, if you go back and you look, this has been such a pivotal book. In fact, Luther actually came to faith by reading the book of Romans. John Wesley, who started the Methodist church, who started the Wesleyan church, who started really the movement with all the Pentecostal churches. Guess what? He came to faith by reading the book of Romans. So many people during the reading of the book of Romans, God revealed himself to them, and they put their faith and trust in God. And so we said, knowing this, knowing the power that God has in his word, what if we did this crazy awesome thing here at Shepherd's Gate? And what if we read through the book of Romans, ready for this? From January all the way to the end of August. All right, we're going to try this again. So Paul's 13 other letters, right? They only have 1,300 words. Romans has 7,100 words. And it's this incredible book that he has given us as a gift. And wouldn't you know that we as a church are going to challenge ourselves to go through the book of Romans all the way from January to the end of August. Man, I want you to get fired up about this. I want you to get excited about what God can speak in and through you through his word. You might remember just this last year in 2019, we went through the Gospel of Mark together and how powerful that was in the series that we, that we attached to it was called Family Values, where week after week we looked at a different value that we, could, that we could actually apply to our lives and our families. And we did that for several months. So this is gonna be the longest series that we've ever been on. And we're really excited about this, but hold on a second. Before some of you, you're already on an app looking for another church. I know, you're like, what's going on? <laughs> Is he crazy? Stick with me because you're going to figure out what we're doing here. This is how we can go deep and wide in 2020. This is how we can go deep and wide, okay? For those of you that are followers of Jesus, and maybe you've been in the church a long time, I know that God's going to speak to you through his word. I know that if you stick with us and you come week after week, and when you're not here, you watch online, and you follow along, and you do the reading plan, and you do all these things with us, that God is going to capture you in his word, because that's how he speaks to you. The power is not in me, it's not in any of the other pastors, the power is in God's word, and what he has for you and for your family. But we also have the opportunity, church, to go wide. For those that don't yet know Christ, that 500,000 in our community that we're going to be looking at these next five years, and this is how God is going to call people to faith. He's going to call people to faith because we're going to read God's word to them. And we're going to show them the amazing grace and mercy of our God because Romans is a book all about God's grace and mercy. It's the gospel over and over and over again. And we have the opportunity to do that. And so the way that we're going to do this is every four weeks, we're going to change the name of the series. This one's called Including You. In a few weeks, it's going to change. And in a few weeks later, it's going to change again. And a few weeks later, it's going to change again. So that when you invite your guest... When you invite your family members and your neighbors and the people that you work with, they're not going to feel like they're on this long series and they're caught in the middle of it. You're going to know because you're on the inside because you came to church today. (laughs) But we're just going to continue to do this. And every time we go to God's word, we're going to go to the book of Romans. We're going to say, God, what is it that you have for us today? And wouldn't you know, every single week, he's going to give us love and grace and mercy. In fact, Romans even tells us how we can go deep and wide. Romans 10, 17 puts it this way. So faith comes from hearing 
and hearing through the word of Christ. Again, it's God's word that awakens faith in hearts and our lives. It's the hearing of the gospel, the good news of what God can do for you and for me. And then we also have this opportunity to go, to go deep. And it says this, for everything that was written in the past was written to teach us. All of the books of the Bible, all the Old Testament, all the things that transpired, so that through the endurance taught in the scriptures, and this is what's so special about scriptures, we get to have insight into these people's lives. Through the endurance, all of these people that, that, that existed at real times and real places all throughout the Old Testament and in the New Testament, all of these things that God endured, that God saved them, even when they screwed up, even when they got it wrong, even they, when they let go of God, God never let go of them. And look at what it says, that we would have encouragement, that you and I would receive encouragement and that we would be reminded of the hope that we have in Christ that we'd be reminded of the hope that's ours in Jesus Christ. And I know you're thinking, man, that just still seems like such a long time. Are we really gonna do this for all of this time? Yes, we are, and I guarantee you it's gonna impact your life, it's gonna impact your family. But we're gonna take a couple breaks, okay? We're gonna take a couple breaks along the way. In fact, in a few weeks, this church is gonna turn 40 years old, and we're gonna go nuts. We're going to have this huge party. We're going to feed everybody breakfast, okay? That's happening on February 9th. We're going to take a break on that Sunday. And as we approach Holy Week and Easter, which, believe it or not, I think is 13 or 14 weeks away, it's going to be here so fast, we're going to take another break. And we're going to focus on the scriptures that talk about what it was that Jesus went through that final week. And then our freedom service, our annual freedom service, which is going to be the 25th freedom service in a row here at Shepherd's Gate, on May 31st. And we just believe and we trust that God, again, is gonna show up in so many different ways and he's gonna continue to call people to himself. And I don't know if you know, but God has his hand upon 2020. There is so many exciting things that are taking place this year. And I want you to see these. Valentine's Day is a Friday. <laughs> Men, take note. Isn't that exciting, right? Cinco de Mayo is on Taco Tuesday. <laughs> Praise God, right? Where's the amen on that one, right? Fourth of July is a Saturday. Halloween is a Saturday. Christmas is a Friday. New Year starts with a three-day weekend, all because of leap year. Listen, I mean, just think of how exciting this year can be. And so if you came in here and discouraged, you came here with your head down, no, there's so many things that lie ahead for us. And not only what we're gonna be doing here as a church, but also, as you know, these last couple of years, the opportunity for us to bring in guest speakers. Guest speakers that we purposely pick because there's certain topics that they know how to handle and they can take us a little bit further than maybe the, the preaching team that's here at Shepherd's Gate can take us. And so we've planned out some speakers that we have that are coming up that we're excited are going to be joining us. This first one, Chris Bodley, you might recognize him. He's been with us the last couple of years. He's one of our uh, favorites here. He, he's a pastor in Detroit, and he's going to be here in just a few weeks. David Meyer is actually our district president of the, of the Michigan district for our denomination, and we're excited that he's going to be joining us, and his topic is perfect for what we are going through and what he's going to be able to talk about. Billy Brath is a pastor in Orlando, Florida. 
And he's a, he's a guy that we met just this last year, a few months ago, at our pastor's conference. And uh, he works in Orlando, and he works uh, to share the gospel in the LGBTQ community. And he has an amazing amount of insight into, into, into all of that. And he's going to be a huge blessing for our church. And Dave Reaver, who is a Purple Heart veteran, he's going to be our guest speaker. He uh, served in Vietnam, has an incredible testimony and I know he's going to impact hearts and lives for our freedom service this year. All of these incredible things that are taking place, and we want you to be a part of it, and we want your family to be a part of it. And so maybe you're used to coming to church once a week. Maybe God would lay on your heart, right, that maybe now's the time to say, hey, maybe we can do this twice a week, or twice a month, I mean, once a month, twice a month. (laughs) I just get too excited about it, right? Come hang out in my office with me. <laughs> or three times a month or four times a month. Or maybe you've been watching online and now's the time that you're going to step foot in our church and you're going to meet us and you're going to get a chance to know us. You're going to see the benefits that there is to not just watching church online but be, by being with fellow believers in this room. And so today as I close my message, I'm going to start at the beginning. We're going to close with the beginning of the book of Romans together. And this is what God tells us in his word. He says, don't despise the day of small beginnings. And so today, maybe you've never been through a book of the Bible before. Maybe even the concept of reading the Bible and you don't know where to start and how to do this. Instead of it being a DIY culture, instead of it being a culture where where, where somebody else is doing something for you, that we're actually going to do this together. That we're going to walk on this journey together. So I want you to grab the chair Bibles that are in front of you from the front row. They're underneath the seat. Turn to page 939. And we're going to read the first seven verses of Romans chapter 1. And watch how God speaks to you through his word today says this in verse 1. Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, just wants to serve God, right? Called to be an apostle, set apart for the gospel of God. If you're a follower of Jesus, realize he has set you apart as well. And he has set you apart for the gospel. See, the gospel always starts with God. The gospel starts with with God, And this is what it says next in verse 2. Which he promised beforehand through the prophets in the Holy Scriptures. All of those things that we read about in the Old Testament, all of the other books that are covered in the Bible are for our benefit because they concern his son who was descended from David according to the flesh. We just talked about this at Christmas time. This is how we know he was fully man. He was born of a virgin. He was from the line of David but yet he was declared to be the son of God in power according to the spirit of holiness. Or another way to say this is the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit is what raised Jesus from the dead. And believe it or not, the power of the Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is the same power that exists in you and me. It's the same power that's gonna sustain us in 2020. It's the same power that's gonna carry us through every circumstance that we face. 
It's by the resurrection from the dead. Jesus Christ is our Lord. This is the gospel. This is the good news for you and for me. He loves us. He sent Jesus to die for us, and he sent Jesus to rise from the dead for you and I to have life. And he goes on in verse 5. And that's why we've received all this grace. That's why we can be apostles. That's why we can be messengers who are sent out into our community because this isn't just for Paul or the apostles back during this time. This is for you and me. We're apostles and we are also sent to bring about the obedience of faith for the sake of his name because it's all about Jesus and Jesus getting all the glory. It's for his name among all the nations. And if you spent any time in our church the last few months, you know we've been talking about this. It's for everyone. The gospel is for everyone. Everyone in our community, everyone in our state, everyone in our country, everywhere around the world. This gospel, this incredible message of what God can do for you through his son is for all nations. But then he says this, it includes you. It includes you. That he wants to do something in your heart and in your life far greater than you could hope or imagine. God is calling you and he's including you. Think about this. God actually wants to strengthen relationships in 2020. I just believe that God wants to strengthen marriages in 2020. I believe that God wants to strengthen families in 2020. I believe that God has a purpose and a plan for you that far greater than you could ever imagine. God wants to do more, I honestly believe that, than you could ever hope or dream. And this is how he speaks to us. This is how he encourages us. This is how he gives us the endurance. This is how he gives us hope. It's in his word. And as we gather around his word, as we read God's word, as we read it on our own, as we read it as a church, as we walk through this with our small groups, as we come together and we serve God once again this year, man, he wants to pour out more blessing. He wants to pour out more of himself. And he wants to do incredible things in your life and in my life. Man, I want us to get so excited about this that we can barely hold on, we can barely sleep at night. Instead of getting excited about all the other things that can distract us in the world, the thing that we go to bed at night so excited about is what God did that day. And we wake up in the morning, we're so excited because we know we have another day to walk with Jesus. And it doesn't mean that we're gonna get it right, it means we're gonna screw it up, and guess what, you're gonna sin and I'm gonna sin, and there's gonna be times that we fall down, but there's gonna be times that we get back up. And God is going to be there to lead and to guide us individually, And he's going to be there to lead and guide us as our families. He's going to be there to lead and guide us as a church. The best days, church, are not behind us. If you're still here, you're still breathing, the best days for you are ahead. And he has more in store than you could ever imagine. See, this morning we also have this opportunity to come before our God and receive something that we do frequently here at Shepherd's Gate. We receive communion. Something Jesus instituted where we believe that Christ is present in and with the bread and the wine. And God pours out this blessing for you and I. And if you're a guest here, there's going to be some guidelines on the screen if you want to read through those. And if you have any questions, please uh, let us know. Uh, But if you believe in Jesus, you've been baptized, we certainly invite you to the table this morning. But what we do here is we bow our heads and we close our eyes and we have kind of a personal time of confession before God. And so I would just invite you to do that. Bow your heads and close your eyes here this morning. And as we do that, we invite God the Holy Spirit to come into our hearts 
and to help us confess the things that we're still holding on to, to confess the sins that have so easily entangled us once again. And so in this moment, in this time, let's confess our sins to God. This morning, this is the good news for you and for me. This is the gospel for you and me, that God has heard your confession. And because of who Jesus Christ is and because of what he has done on the cross for us, that he, in fact, forgives you of all of your sins in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. You see, it was on the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it, and he gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this, remembering me. The same way, after supper, he took the cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to the disciples and said, Take, drink, this cup is the new covenant of my blood, given and shed for you for the forgiveness of your sins. Do this as often as you drink of it, remembering me. So church, we come now and we receive this amazing gift, this amazing freedom that Christ provides for us. Please stand with me. Now may this true body and true blood of our Lord and Savior, may it strengthen you and preserve you and keep you in the one true faith until life everlasting. Amen.